Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you got your Bibles, turn turn to Matthew. We're we gonna be like all over the place in Matthew, so just just find Matthew and and we'll be there in a minute. Uh, you know, like Ty said last week, we talked about uh, what I called the ranch rule, and yeah, we we were made to be ruled. I mean, some people may say, well, I you know I don't believe that. Nobody's gonna rule me. Well, you just proved that you're ruled by pride. You know, so we were made to be ruled and. The kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, that Matthew uses kingdom of heaven a lot, but kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God is the same thing. Uh, That was one of Jesus' main preaching points. It's why he was killed. Because he said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, and I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and you ain't getting nowhere without me. And nobody liked it. Jesus wasn't killed because he was telling people to love each other. Jesus wasn't killed because he healed a blind man. He was killed because he said he was the son of God. He, w- he wants to be our ruler. Now, some people might say, I don't want him to be my ruler. Only, and, and there's kind of a paradox, not a paradox, a paradox, in saying that if we let God rule our lives, that's where absolute freedom comes from, because God is the only one that is going to give you absolute choice. He says... I want to be your ruler. I will provide for you. I will comfort you. I will heal you. I will do all of this stuff because I love you. I'm going to love you more than you can love me. But you have to let me be your ruler. You have to choose me as your ruler. But God is the only one that gives you that choice. See, addictions don't give you that choice. Pride doesn't give you that choice. They'll rule over you with an iron fist like Ty was talking about. God will not. He wants you to follow Him willingly. He wants to be the ruler of his ranch, and he wants you to be a cowboy or a cowgirl on his ranch so bad that he sent sent his son to die for you. We're going to continue on today with the ranch rule about the kingdom of God. Last week we talked, like I said, about how God wants to rule and reign in our lives, but are there any requirements for getting a spot on one of God's outfits? You know, um, you hear me talk about Ralph Hager all the time. I mean, next to my dad, he probably was the man that made the most impact on my life. And I used to work at the prison, and I worked at prison. I I guess I was in there too, but um, I worked at the prison, worked horseback all day. Well, I say all day from like 6 o'clock in the morning until 2 o'clock, and then I'd get off, go home, uh, do some stuff, and then I'd go get horseback again and break horses. We'd bring them out of Mexico. We'd uh, break them and sell them. And so that's what I did. And so one day I'm out there and I, I get this, this little colt saddled up and, and Ralph comes out there and he said, why don't you wait a little while before you get on that horse? What for? And he said, well, I don't want to make you nervous. He said, but we've got some people coming out today that, that they're really interested. In, they they kind of, I don't even remember where they moved from. But they're coming out here today. I met them because Ralph's wife worked at a, at a trailer place. At, and um, anyway, he said, these people want to come out and see a real cowboy. I was like, oh, they're coming out to watch me or you? <laughs> he said, no, they're coming out to watch you break a horse. They want to see a real cowboy. I was like, oh, great. So anyway, they come out, and I kind of got this uh, 
little cult going in the round pen just for a second. He was going along pretty good. And, and then I took him into the uh, into like a little riding arena. It's kind of like this little riding arena out here. You know, it, it wasn't a hundred foot round pen, but it wasn't a full, you know, 150 by 250 arena. It was just probably about this, maybe about half the size of this. And so anyway, I get on and she, she kind of humps up a little bit, not too bad. And so anyway, I'm riding around and Ralph's over there and he's talking to these people about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I mean, they're standing at the fence like, it, it was crazy, kind of made, kind of creepy and made you uncomfortable. But anyway, so I'm, I'm riding along there and, and I'm going real good and I'm kind of a, the philosophy, you know, if, if you're trying to do something good and, and the horse does it, quit. Right? I mean, there, there's no point in, in pushing it so far that you end up getting a fight. I always want to start on a good note and end on a good note. And if those two things are pretty close together, I'm fine with that. So anyway, we, we, got, we got him going. And I don't remember if it was a little mare colt or a little stud colt. I don't know. But anyway, so we, we uh, get going around there. And, and he's doing real good. And so I think, you know what? Before we push it any further, let's just stop. I mean, it's hot out here. It's dusty out here. So... We'll get these people out of here. That way they can go about their business. And so, anyway, I, I, I kind of stop in the middle, and I'm, you know, I back her up a little bit, and I pet all over, you know, and all this stuff. And, and everything is going great. Now, I'm not nervous. Well, that, that, that may not be the right words, but you, you, you get my point. I'm not really nervous about climbing on any horse. Because when you climb on a horse, you know, you, you, no matter where you're at, you can either swing on, hang on, or you can just kick off if, if they blow up. So getting on a horse never really bothered me all that much. I'm not going to say that I never thought, oh, man, this thing's going to blow up and wasn't a little nervous. But it didn't bother me near as bad as getting off of a horse. I've always been, if, if fear played any part in it, I was always more afraid of getting off than getting back on or getting on in the first place. So I get her and we turn some circles, we do some backing up, we do some rubbing all over and, and, and he or she, like I said, I don't I think it was a she. Anyway, we get there and, and so I go to step off and I'm thinking more about these people that are watching than paying attention to what I'm doing. And when I go to step off, I don't pay attention and I take my stirrup with me. And it gets about right here at about, what would that be, about 4 o'clock. And the large hand vacates back to 12 o'clock. <laughs> now, you have to understand for y'all that haven't ever done this for a living, that ain't a bad thing, I promise. I'm about right here, wide open, when that stirrup falls and hits her right in the side. Well, she doesn't do much except explode. And she comes straight up and likes to nearly tears me in half. And before it's all said and done, you know, you don't know whether to fall back down and just hang on or try to push off. So I tried to push off and my, my left foot kind of hung just a second. And I ended up falling like halfway on my head and sideways, and I mean, just kind of scorpioned me over on the side, and they were like, <gasps> and, and I mean, I was so embarrassed. I come up spitting that old talky powder dirt, and she's bucking out across there, and, and there was like this strange sound coming from somewhere, and I, I was real scared that it was going to be me screaming or something, but it wasn't. I turned around, and I heard this, <laughs> Ralph laughing at me, because that's what he did. 
And of course, these people are mortified. They don't know whether to laugh with Ralph or come out and check on me. So I get up. You got to go with your horse, right? Well, like I said, this is a small, kind of a small riding arena. I can't catch my horse. And so she's running from me here and there, and I'm chasing it. And they come to watch a real cowboy. I am feeling anything but cowboy-like right now. So I'm chasing my horse all over the place. Ralph has to come out. And guess what happens? You got two guesses of what happens when Ralph tries to go catch that horse. Stands right there. He walks right up to the horse and grabs it. And then comes over there and he's like, hey, did you lose something? Okay. So, you know, they come out to watch a real cowboy. I've already got mucked off. Very unladylike, may I add. Then I can't catch my stinking horse. Precursor to Fiona, I reckon. And then I get back on her. I get back off. I get back on her. Get back off. Everything seems to be going good. So I stay on her and I ride her to the pen this time just because I'm like, okay, it's going good. I'm going to get over here where they can't see me. Needless to say, I am frazzled, okay? I'm feeling about this tall. I am feeling, like I said, anything but cowboy-like. And so I go over there, and um, by this time, the, the people are leaving, or I don't remember exactly where they went because I really wasn't paying attention to them, but I had a rope on my saddle. And for the life of me, I still cannot figure out why I did what I'm fixing to say. Because there is no rhyme, there is no reason, there was no purpose, there was no nothing. I, I, I it still, it, it, it just boggles my mind why I did what I'm fixing to say. I ride up to where the gate is to the pen, or that led to the pens, and I'm sitting there next to a cross tie that's literally about like this where I'm standing now, about that high, sitting on this little colt. And I reach down and I take my rope off. Why? I have no idea. Well, see, down in Texas, we, we didn't have slick horns wrapped with mule hide. We had a chain link and we were tied on. And so I take this rope, not thinking anything, and I loop it over that cross tie. And it's still tied onto the saddle. Like I said, I have pondered this of what in the world I was thinking. Temporary insanity. Thank you, Ty because I'm surprised he didn't say permanent, but being from Texas. And so I put this rope on this cross side. There was no rhyme. There was no reason. It's got a chain link. It's tied onto my saddle horn. And I look over, and I go to step off. And my leg goes over the rope. And guess what happens? She jumps forward. My leg is wrapped around this because it pulls tight on the deal. And now we've got a, like a tight rope. And there's a skinny cowboy on top of this rope. And the horse now is freaking out. I kind of, it pulls me off this way and I fall down on my back. And I hear, <laughs> And anyway, Ralph is laughing again. And so I have to, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I get the rope dirt. I, it was stupid. One of the stupidest things I have ever done in my life. And so I promise you, man, I am feeling about this tall. And now, not only do I feel this tall, I'm mad. I mean, there, there's just no... I don't even think a greenhorn would make that mistake. And here I am. You know, these people had come out to watch this real cowboy. 
And I'm going to be really honest. If I've ever wanted to give up cowboy in my entire life, it was that day. I was just, you know what? I ain't cut out for this. I stink and a lot of other colorful words. And so anyway, I get the horse unsaddled and I take it into into the tack room and I put it there. And Ralph's sitting there, and he's doing his knife on a piece of leather, and he's just looking at me. And I don't want to talk to Ralph or anything. He goes, sit down. I don't want to sit down. He said, sit down. So I sit down. He goes, how you doing? I said, no, 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 I'm not going to tell you what I said. He said, so what's the matter? And I said, well, my dream has always been to be a good cowboy, but after today, I don't think that I'm cut out for this. I really don't. I, I, it, it don't matter that I worked on the Rocker B. It doesn't matter that I worked on the San Pedro. It doesn't matter that I live on a ranch now. It doesn't matter that I can ride a bucking horse most of the time unless you're trying to get off. And I, just, I just don't think that I'm cut out to be a cowboy. You brought out people today to watch a real cowboy, and all I did was show them what not to do. He goes, well, that's important sometimes. I said, you're not making me feel any better. And then he said something that I'll never forget. And Ralph, if you're watching or you're listening, there's just certain times that people say things that just make an impact on your life. See, Ralph looked at me and he said, you know what? He said, you're one of the best cowboys I've ever been around. I said, yeah, right. He goes, no, you are. He said, I was a manager. I was a ranch manager for Diamond A Cattle Company. I was the manager of the Big Ben Ranch. And he said, there ain't nobody else on this earth that I'd rather have beside me than you. Well, I was feeling sorry for myself having a little pity party. and I said, well, I don't know why you'd want to do that. And he said, let me tell you why I'd want to do that. And he said, because you're humble. He said, you don't, you don't think of yourself. You don't go around bragging about what you can do. He said, if anything, you're, you're maybe a little too humble because you're too hard on yourself. We've all made dumb mistakes. And I said, well, I made a bunch of them today. He goes, but you know what? That's why I like you. You're willing to admit your mistakes. And he said, not only that, I would rather ride with you because even when you do make a mistake, you have listened to me and you have done everything I've told you to do. Even when you were scared, and, 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 and if you've been here a while, you've heard some of the things that Ralph has done to me. I would get on him, and, or I would be getting on a colt, and he'd say, okay, this time when you get on, get on the back of the saddle. Don't hit the front. I was like, why? He's like, you just got to get it broke. You got to do all these things because if you're going to break a horse, man, you got to get it where it's bomb-proof. And so when you get on, you just slide to the back. Don't even get in the saddle. I'm like, all right. So I do it. And he goes, what are you doing? That's dumb. <laughs> you idiot. I was playing. So, I mean, maybe, maybe he liked me because I was gullible. But, you know, I mean, when you're going to learn from somebody, you want to learn from them. But that just made such an impact on me when, when this guy that I idolized, that, that had forgot more about horses and cowboy, that, I mean, he was left-handed and he could probably out-cowboy me with one eye closed and right-handed. And for him to say that, that I was one of the best cowboys that he knew, that he would, he would want to ride with me just as much as anybody else in this world, it meant something to me. Even if inside something was telling me, oh, he's just trying to make you feel better, it meant something to me. And he said something else. But I'm going to tell you about that just a little bit later. Not, not next week, just in a little while. You know, to get into the kingdom of God, to have God be your ruler, there is one requirement. Now, a lot of people might disagree with me, these, these people that like to, to dive into every little nook and cranny and, and do this and do that and do this and do that. But uh, there's really only one requirement. And it's the most famous verse in all of the Bible 
John 3.16. If you want to be in the kingdom of God, Jesus says, what? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Of course, I always say you can't leave 17 off of 16 because 17 says, for the Son of Man didn't come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. That's the only requirement for getting on this ranch and for God to be your ruler and to say, you know what, God, I want you to run my life because I'm doing a pretty sorry job of it myself. But you know what's really cool is there are only, there are only one requirement. If there's any English teachers, they just passed out. There are only one requirement, and that's belief in God. But, but here's the thing. That belief has some characteristics, some things that you can say, you know what, because of these things, I know that what I claim to believe is what I believe. And in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, which is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 18, in verse 3 and 4, Jesus gives us one of the things that is kind of a characteristic of the belief that we say that we have. Okay? Let me read it. Matthew 18, 3. Then he said, and he here is Jesus. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. See, Ralph told me, he said, there's no other cowboy that I would rather ride with than you. And he said one of the reasons that he wanted that he would do that is because I was humble. Jesus is saying the same thing to you. Jesus doesn't want to ride with any other cowboy except you. And one of the ways that he wants to ride with you is he wants you to exhibit humility. Now, think about this right quick. How is a little kid humble? Think about that. I mean, I don't think that in the grand scheme of things in today's society that we would necessarily say, well, look at that little tiger. Isn't that the most humble little kid you've ever seen in your life? That's just not one of the characteristics that we would usually associate with kids. But if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. If a child is humble, a child does not, you know, there, there are no racist children. You know, and, and little kids, I, I, I was at a uh, little uh, Pake Ireland's one year first birthday yesterday, and uh, Kelly and Ryan Verbos, their, their little girl, Brindley, was there. And she's the cutest thing in the world. But have you ever noticed that I mean, she's six months old? She would sit there and you could play with her, and she'd look at you like, you're an idiot. There is no falsehood in a six-month-old kid. None at all. And then other times she would grin. You know, I mean, there, there's nothing false about a child. But you know what? They don't think more highly of themselves than they should. There's nothing false about them at all. But they are totally dependent upon their parents, aren't they? I mean, they trust them. Now, they may bawl and squall and poop in their pants. I don't. I, humility doesn't have anything to do with pooping, so y'all don't think that you got to do that. But, you know, a kid is humble when you think about it. They depend. They don't depend on themselves, do they? Now, they may want to show some things that I can do it on my own, 
but they are still vastly dependent on their parents. And that's what Jesus wants for you. When you get on His ranch, when you let Him be your ruler, He wants you to be humble. He doesn't want you to think that you suddenly, that you have added to the kingdom of God because you're on God's ranch now. By gosh, I just made this outfit a lot better. He doesn't want you to think any more highly of yourselves than you ought to. He wants you to be humble. He wants you to depend on Him. You know, it just blows my mind that we think that coming to God, that one of the requirements is we have to do everything. No, in the kingdom of God, God says, you know what? You just trust in me. You don't be worried, but instead pray about everything. He says, I want to be your ruler. I want to be your caretaker. I want to take good care of you. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, you know what? If you as fathers know how to be good fathers to your children how, and you're evil, you don't know what you're doing. You ain't got no power. If y'all can be good fathers, how much more will your Father in heaven take care of you? And that's true. God wants to ride with you and you alone. And He wants you to ride in humility. Not so that you'll be way down here, but so that He can lift you up. So that He can mold you into who is going to fulfill you. So that He can heal you. So that He can care for you. So that you and Him can talk and have these relationships so that you can ride with Him. Because just like Ralph told me, Jesus doesn't want to ride with anybody else in this whole world except you. Do so in humility. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, we, and we talk about Jesus all the time. When I became a preacher, the very first sermon I ever gave, I didn't know what in the heck I had to talk about. I didn't know how to do it. I, I didn't know nothing. So I looked in the Bible... And Paul said, Paul was the greatest church starter in the history, great, one of the greatest missionaries that ever lived. Paul said, when I was with you, I vowed to preach nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I figured if that was good enough for the apostle Paul to preach over and over and over, it was good enough for me. And then I looked at the way Jesus preached, and Jesus told stories. So that's what I do. I tell stories, and I preach Jesus Christ. And we're going to read another verse of what Jesus Christ said. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. See, Ralph told me, he said, you know what? There ain't no cowboy I'd rather ride with than you. Because number one, you don't think you're better than you are. You don't think you're better than anybody else. You're humble. And number two, you do what I tell you to do. You listen to me. When I say do something, you do it. If you have a question, that's fine. You ask it, but it's asking in light of understanding, not asking in light of figuring out if you want to do what I tell you to or not. See, Jesus wants to ride with you and you alone, and He wants to because you're humble. But the second thing is, Jesus says right here, you say you believe. Remember what it says? Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord. You know, I was talking to, and, and, I, and I might have said this last week, I was talking to a 19-year-old friend of mine, and I asked him, I said, how many of your friends can you say actually, truly, 100% follow God. He said, none of them. And I said, how many of your friends, if you were to ask them, do you believe in God? How many of them would say yes? He said, every one of them. But see, right here, Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those that do the will of my Father. He's not putting an additional requirement. He's saying, oh, you say you believe? Let me see that you believe. Because your belief isn't requ the 
The belief, I don't know how to say that. Anyway, what he's saying is, you say it, then back it up, cowboy. God wants to be the ruler in your life. Well, if he's your ruler, you're going to do what he says to do. Now, I'm going to tell you what. God is a heavy taskmaster. He rules you with an iron fist because he tells you, don't worry, I'll take care of it. He tells you, just relax, don't worry about that. He says, oh, you're hurting? Why don't you come to me and I'll heal you? Man, that, that, that stinks, doesn't it? I mean, I can't believe that God would just want to take care of us. How dare he? Yet, yet religion has said that, that God is like, wants you to, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. He says, man, just do the will of my Father who's in heaven. And God says, do not be afraid. This isn't rocket science. God wants to ride with you and you alone. And the way you ride with God, the way you enter the kingdom of heaven is for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him. But that belief has some characteristics associated with it. The first one we talked about is God wants to ride with the humble cowboy. One that doesn't think more highly of themselves than they ought to. And He wants to ride with one that's going to listen to Him. I mean, you know, I, I go out there and rope with Ty and Sean and, and these others, and, and I've learned a lot of things from a lot of the cowboys in here and away from here. And, you know, if I'm going to learn something and they say do it, then, then I need to do that. When Ty tells me to do something, I'll, I, I'll argue with him, ask him. I'll argue with him, but, it, but it's an argument based upon me wanting to understand, not that I'm questioning whether or not to do it. I mean, he's seen me get real frustrated before. And you know what? I have seen Ty get real frustrated because I, he helps me with roping and I help him with Christianity. And I've seen him get real frustrated before and I've he's questioned me. But it's a questioning of wanting to understand not whether or not he's going to do what God says. Do you want to do what God says? You say that you believe. Do you? Does your actions back up what you say? See? As I was sitting there, feeling sorry for myself as Ralph is running his knife back and forth over that old Latigo strap, he said, there ain't no cowboy I'd rather ride with than you. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, number one, because you don't think more highly of yourself than you should. And see, that's what God wants to ride with you. He wants you to ride with Him. And He wants you to do so in a humble way. And then the second thing Ralph said is he said, you listen whenever I teach you. You come to me wanting to learn what I have and learn how to do this and learn how to do that. And, and you have an open mind and you're willing to do what I tell you to do. Do you do that with God's good word? Do you read the Bible and do what God says to do? I didn't say, do you go around making sure everybody else is doing what they, what God told them to do? See, that's religion. When you start pointing out what everybody else is doing, or not doing for God, you have just became religious. You no longer have a relationship with God. You have a religion. You do what God tells you to do. You let everybody else worry about their own ride with God. But see, as I was sitting there, there's one other thing that Ralph said. And it was kind of funny at first. And I really didn't understand it. I laughed about it. But it wasn't until preparing this sermon that it really hit me of the illustration that it gives. Because you see, I was sitting there and Ralph said that he'd ride with me because I was humble. And because I did what I told him to do. And then he grinned and he stopped sharpening that knife and he leaned back on that old stump that he was sitting on and he crossed his arms like this and he says, and besides, if you ride with me, I make you a better cowboy anyway. And he turned around and he walked off. And I thought, well, that arrogant fella. But you know what? In all honesty, he was right. He was absolutely right. He's one of the greatest cowboys I've ever been around in my life. And riding with him made 
me better. And in Matthew chapter 5, we've been working our way back from Matthew 18 to Matthew chapter 7. Now we're in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says this. He says, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you are more righteous, that you live a more holy life than even that of the Pharisees. Now, make no mistake, the Bible says a lot of bad things about the Pharisees, but they obeyed God's law to the T. I'm telling you right now that I don't think there's anybody in here at least, maybe, but definitely not on this stage, that could be more righteous than a Pharisee, even with the bad stuff. You can't do it. So why did God put that, that hard line right there that says, Jesus says, but I'm warning you, unless your righteousness is greater than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of God. That sounds pretty rough. But you know what Jesus is saying? The same thing Ralph said. Because our righteousness doesn't come from ourselves. Our righteousness is not based upon what we do, but upon what Jesus did. See, Jesus, when we ride with Him, He makes us a better cowboy. He makes us better. The Bible says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, in God's eyes, when we depend on what Jesus did, not on what we can do, on what Jesus did, you know what God calls you? Perfect. You are absolutely perfect in God's eyes, not based upon anything that you do or don't do or how many times you mess up or how many times you get it right. Our Standing with God has no basis whatsoever based upon what we do, only on what Jesus did. It was so profound to me whenever I was thinking about this, how Ralph said, you're a better cowboy and there's no cowboy that I'd rather ride with because when you ride with me, I make you as good as I am. Not based upon how well you can rope or how well you can ride or your knowledge of cattle handling or cattle medicine or whatever the case may be. He says, I make you better because of me, not because of you. See, I want everybody here to get a spot on God's outfit called the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, man, you can get in there as easily as believing that God sent His Son to die for us, His one and only Son. But that belief has to be backed up by some things. Like we're not going to think that we are more than who we think or than we are. We are. It's not about us, it's about Jesus. And he says, I want you to do the will of my Father in heaven. I want you to obey His rules. And you know what His rules do? They lead us right where we need to be. His way of doing things leads us right where we need to go. And too many people are just doing things the way they want to do it, not the way God says to do it, because I guarantee you, the way God says to do it is not easier. It's harder. I mean, you can go back and read Matthew 18, 15 through 19, and that says right there, if your brother offends you, go to that brother in person and tell him 
why you're upset. Do you know what this world would be like if people would just go up to somebody and say, hey man, we've got a problem. Can we talk about it? I guarantee you 99% of every conflict would be solved right then because I guarantee you the way one was thinking, he didn't realize he was hurting the other one's feelings or the one that was hurting his feelings just had a chip on his shoulder and the guy didn't mean it at all. But doing things the way God says to do them is harder, but it's better. See, I'm telling you right now that there ain't going to be no sissies in the kingdom of God. If you want a spot on God's outfit, if you want a spot on that ranch, you got to be double tough to do things the way God says to do them. But not only will it be better, it will get you to where you want to be. Start doing what He says. And you need to ride with Him because He's going to make you better. Not based upon anything that you do, but based upon His works and His experience. He never missed a loop. He never missed a cow. And He never lost a calf in the snow. He's perfect. And He wants you to ride with Him so that you can share in His perfection. But not only that, He's gone to prepare a place for us. If it were not true, He would have said so. Quit living on your own, depending on you for, depending on yourself for strength and thinking that you know the way and that you've got everything figured out. Quit wasting your lives on things that don't matter and just follow Him. Let Him be the ruler of your life. Will it be tough? Yeah, being a cowboy is always tough, especially right now. There's good times, there's bad times. There's easy times, there's cold times, there's warm times. And then there's Arizona, that's where we're going to meet next week. <laughs> but seriously, give up, give up. Quit depending upon yourselves and just get on His outfit and start riding for Him in humility, doing the things that He says do, and rely on how good He is, not in how good you are. It will absolutely change your life. And that spot... There's a camp in heaven and on earth waiting for every single one of you if you're tough enough to saddle up and ride into it. I pray that you are. God, I just thank you so much for your word today. God, help us to just take that spot at that camp, to ride in there and, and leave ourselves at the gate and just depend on you and not think that, that we've made something better just by our presence, but that you have made us better by yours. God, help us to follow the way that you, the trails that you lead us down are rocky and they're hard, but they, they lead to such better places. Give us the courage to do that and give us the courage to, to follow where you lead and to depend upon your guidance and not our own thoughts. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.